It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of February. What just happened? Tobias Harris just went, where? What does that mean? Where is Marcus Gasol going on what was a crazy night in Memphis? A simple little deal to the Lakers has implications. We'll walk through all the deals and we'll reset where the Jazz are as the trade deadline looms. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Welcome to the snow globe that is Locked On Jazz. It is nutty out there. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look at everything going on in the NBA, which continues to get crazy. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz and Jazz NBA Insider. You can get this on Spotify, on your Apple Podcasts, on your Google Podcasts. You can tell your smart device when you get in the car, Play podcast, Locked on Jazz. All right, so if you are just grabbing this, haven't checked the Twitter wire or something else, there was a major trade at 5.30 this morning, which means this is the second recording of this show. Um, I actually did this show and then uh, had somewhere I have to be early this morning. It was snow blowing and doing all that. Came back in and found out that I have to redo the show. Uh, The deal is that Tobias Harris from the Clippers has been traded to the lake to the 76ers in exchange for Boban, Mike Scott, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, all salary fillers, a decent young guard in the name of Landry Shamit, Philadelphia's 2020 first round pick, which isn't that good a pick, and Miami's unprotected 2021 first round pick and two second rounders. We talked about this for the large part of the show yesterday, that Tobias Harris was the most interesting player out there for me. What the Clippers do with him, do they have to trade him uh, if they knew they weren't re-signing him because of the fact that, frankly, somebody was going to offer him on July 1st, immediately. Philadelphia now has... So let's let's walk through this thing. Uh, so the price for Tobias Harris was salary filler, a young player, uh, a first-round pick, and then an unprotected 2021 first-round pick. And two seconds. Um, seconds seem to be kind of two seconds is a Rodney Hood. Two seconds is a Kyle Korver. Two seconds is a Justin Holiday. So that's the kind of what that... You're giving, you know, seconds aren't worth a lot except for that you give up your two seconds. You don't have them for a future deal. Um, So that's not cheap for Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia now has Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. What a team. And no bench. So they will do that through the buyout market. But that has a huge – if you're Boston, you have to sit and reevaluate who you are. If you're Milwaukee, you have to sit and 
reevaluate who you are. And if you're Toronto, you have to sit and reevaluate. I, I think this move, unlike the Chris Depps, Persingas, Dallas Mavericks trade, which was mammoth, this move is going to create a ripple effect that creates future activity. I mean, this is now Philadelphia is claiming that they will try to re-sign Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, both free agents in the offseason. I think in a lot of ways, what they've really done is they just also bought themselves Jimmy Butler insurance. Jimmy Butler is problematic. And what Philadelphia just did is put themselves in a position where if they just decide Jimmy Butler's too problematic, they keep Tobias Harris. Maybe they keep them all. They claim, their initial claim is that that's their plan. But I could see where they decide that Tobias Harris, shooting 43% from three, a little out of his norm, but still is a better shooter than Jimmy Butler and might actually gel better with Joel Embiid for all the talk of how that hasn't worked. So from Philly's standpoint, two things. It sends huge ripple effects across the Eastern Conference. I think it forces Milwaukee to get in on a deal we'll talk about coming up. I think it forces Toronto to get on a deal we'll talk about coming up. I think it I don't know what it does to Boston. Boston's in a funky situation. The second thing is I think it gave Philadelphia, as I said, Jimmy Butler um insurance. The price. I've been trying to digest that. It's so interesting. So, for the Clippers, they end up with a late first, an unprotected first, and two second rounders, plus they actually very well may have gotten their own pick back because they were losing their pick to Boston this year if they made the playoffs. And so if they don't make the playoffs now, which I think is likely, but you know what? Last year we all thought that, and then they kind of stuck around a little bit. Um, is then they get their other pick. So there's almost a level where they took another pick here. The Clippers are currently a half game or a game up on Sacramento for for eight, and the Lakers uh, are three, two and a half games back at 10. And we're only a half game up on the Clippers. So this may now get it down to nine teams battling for eight spots. So, no, all right, let's move the focus to that. So the price, I don't have a huge comment. I do think it's interesting. The Blake Griffin has now given them Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Avery Bradley, Lamet, Landry Shamit, 2020. Sixers pick, 2021 Miami pick, three second rounders. Like, they've turned that into a lot. Uh, Philadelphia, I'll be really curious to see. I think Tobias Harris will acclimate well, and then I do think Tobias Harris might be the better long-term fit. Pretty interesting. Now, what does it do to the Western Conference? I think it might make Sacramento make a move. Sacramento now has to look at this thing and say, wait a sec, we're 6-4 and four over our last 10. We're still playing well. We had a little slump, but we've come back around. We're, we're up a game and a half on the Lakers. We can make the playoffs. 
and they they have to be looking at this as though they're in. So now suddenly, do they make a move? And if so, what and with what? I thought they actually might unload Bielitsa to open the door for Marvin Bagley, which they may do anyway. Their roster is interesting. I I don't actually know what their grand weakness is. Right? They've got. I love their. I love when they have their five on the floor, which with Willie Colley Stein, then either Bagley or Bielitsa, and then Bogdanovich, Heald, and Fox. That's pretty fabulous. Backup point guard would help them a little bit. The Lakers made a subtle move yesterday. We'll get to in a minute, but I like it a lot which helps their situation, and who knows what the Lakers are going to look like by the end of the day. I'm not totally convinced, by the way, that the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis and give up their entire roster that they're a playoff team. Just to clarify that for a second. the So that's kind of a crazy little turn of events right there. Wow, this is just nuts. All right, so let me then. What does this mean to the Jazz? Tobias Harris was a much talked about possibility. Uh, I think you probably have to realistically take him off your list of players that you can acquire. I think that the reality is that Philadelphia now has the bird rights to him, can offer him a five year contract. And unless they do something weird or it just doesn't work here, at this moment, I think you have to make an assumption that he is going to re-sign there. Here's what's really interesting on this deal. Well, actually, I'll get to that in a second. Let's just stay on the Jazz perspective. So when you start thinking about the different options of how you're going to improve the Utah Jazz... There are multiple, multiple choices. I mean, Mike Conley's been rumored. Tobias Harris has been talked about incessantly. Aaron Gordon in Orlando, if you believe in him, is a possibility if they're going to move off him. Otto Porter has been talked about in Washington. There's a lot of different possibilities. This one, to me, is off the list now. So if you're the Jazz and you're looking at your grand whiteboard, you wake up this morning you now take something off your whiteboard and it might impact what you do in the remaining hours of this trade deadline. It's pretty incredible. Today's show is brought to you in part by the store at 6200 South 20th East. Did I go yesterday? Yes, of course I did. Because the mudslide cookie had the perfect outside crust in the gooey middle and it was just incredible. But the store is incredible. Just the local feel, the community environment. Amy was there putting things out yesterday, getting things lined up as they make the transition to get all their cute little Valentine's gifts out for everyone to go grab and their Valentine's sugars and all the other things. And then there's the local section with all the local vendors that Jeff and Scott go and find. And in the back, there's the fabulous meat section, which I still haven't figured out how to pronounce correctly. But they went taste. This is what I just love, though. Everything in that store is there for a reason. Whether it's the La Cologne coffee, because I asked for it. Whether it's the 
meets that are there because they went and did a whole taste test and they voted 11-0 as a group for the same types of meats uh, and they all voted. Now that's what they carry. It's There's a level of detail, whether it's the high school kids helping the older folks out to their cars. It's all beautiful uh, out there and it is just a great environment and feel when you go to the store. I love stopping by. Makes me feel like I'm a part of something. You should check it out too. The store, 6200 South and 20th East. The real estate market has been what the real estate market has been for a long, long time. And no one has said to themselves, well, at least someone has now, why does the real estate agent get this much? Why, if I buy a nice house, does it become more expensive for me to do this? Because now is the time to change that. And that's what Homie is doing. Homie's mission is to save customers thousands in commission when you buy or sell a home by utilizing technology to make the process more efficient and use a team of agents to make the process easy for you. And the thing Homie is doing is saving you a tremendous amount of money. Low, You can now sell any priced home for a low cost of $199 to list and $12.99 to close. On average, Homie customers save $10,000. Plus, Homie, in addition, Homie is selling houses now faster. They sold the houses in 14 days compared to the market selling in 16, and they sold at a medium price $35,000 higher than the market average. So you're in the market. Check out Homie. Learn more about my friends at Homie by texting LOCK to 88588. That's LOCK to 88588. One last note on the Butler trade. Interesting, Kevin Pelton, now he did it like 2.20 in the morning, but gave the 76ers a C- while admitting that it increased their chances to win a championship, but he thinks that in the long run they just pay dearly. There have only been three trades now in the last four years where a team has sent out two future first-round picks. Chris Depp's Przingis, who you're presuming you're signing for a long term, and you have control rights. Tobias Harris, who could leave as an unrestricted free agent. And the Goran Dragic trade, which I think Miami will live to regret. So Phoenix just didn't do a very good job of taking advantage of that. Um, He also just points out that the financial impact is incredible. So interesting. Pelton gives them a C-minus on that deal. All right, now uh, let's get to the rumors and the other deals. Reggie Bullock, who's just a really nice shooting guard, will be a free agent at the end of the season, is um, gone to the is gone from the uh, Pistons to the Lakers. They traded basically two seconds for him. Second they took last year, second they took this year. That matches the marketplace for Kyle Korver, for Rodney Hood, for everything else we've kind of seen. That's the market. That's a nice pickup by the Lakers. I like Reggie Bullock a lot. Uh, with Jason Hart ailing a little bit, that's a good pickup. He also can just shoot it. He can defend a little. He's not an elite athlete. But I'm a fan of Reggie Bullock. The... Uh, let's get to the rumors and the rest of what's going on in the league. So it was quite a night in Memphis. Marcus Soul did not play. Mike Conley played, but admitted that every time out he was looking through the crowd, seeing what's going on. He also mentioned the press conference post game that he has been uh, 
put in the loop every single day with the team about what's going on and who he's talking to and what's taking place. Uh, so interesting. I don't know if he has an impact on that um, or whether and th- whether that's something that he uh, is expecting. The So it's not – you know, it's I don't I don't know if he has the right to block a city if he doesn't want to go to a city. I guess is what I'm saying. But that was quite a night. The rumor is that Gasol is heading to Charlotte. It's not clear what the deal involves. Whether it's got Malik Monk and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, it's it doesn't seem to be ironed out. There doesn't seem to be a universal. He left at halftime of the game, and there was a garbage bag by his locker. Conley held this very emotional, not overly emotional, very straightforward, just endearing presser with the Memphis press about his time in Memphis, what he's done in the last few weeks, going to every restaurant he wanted to go to, taking the time, looking up and seeing his family in the crowd. If you get a chance, it's, it's worth seeing. Uh, the rumor yesterday that came out was that Tor- either Memphis called Toronto or Toronto called Memphis. That wasn't clear. And that there was a brief discussion about Mike Conley going to Toronto. I still think Milwaukee is the wild card here. Uh, though I don't know entirely what they offer. They Maybe it's an Eric Bledsoe in a first-round pick, but their first-round pick's not very good. And as we're talking about, you just do not see... Mike Conley, I, I can't... I'll be very surprised if Mike Conley moves for two first-round picks. It's it's just a really steep price. It's And it's not a price that necessarily matches... Unless the, the scenario where Mike Conley goes for two first-round picks is Detroit where Reggie Jackson goes with it and then they get a first-round pick for taking Reggie Jackson's contract <clears throat> and then they also get a for a pick for Mike Conley. The George Hill, by the way, can be traded as of today. Uh, he could not be traded up until today. If you're doing a deal for Mike Conley, I think it has to be either Eric Bledsoe and George Hill or Eric Bledsoe and Tony Snell. Tony Snell has three years left on his deal. Or two years left on his deal after this year. So I'm not entirely sure what that is, but I still think Milwaukee plays in this at some point. It just makes it's a it's a it's a gamble and a risky move because they're really good. But what considering what just happened, I think you're at a stage now where gambles and risky moves have to happen. That's a l- a little bit of the ripple effect of the Tobias Harris deal. Alec Burks is being rumored to go to Houston. Originally the same, so there's a package out there that's Brandon Knight in a first-round pick. you got to take Brandon Knight's contract and a first-round pick for, and then we get something back. The original discussion on this was Houston take trading Brandon Knight and his $14 million and a first-round pick 
for Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green. Now, the fact that that hasn't gone down, I think just shows that Memphis is being really funky in all these deals because the Gasol deal hasn't gone down yet. Now the rumor is, and this could just simply be a rumor that was floated by Houston to get Memphis to act because I would sure rather have Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green, but the rumor now is that Cleveland will be trading Alec Burks to Houston for Brandon Knight and a first-round pick. Alec cannot be traded until... Actually, Alec can be traded. It's been two months. So that's... A.B., after Rodney's on the move, A.B. on the move. Rumor floating that New Orleans is on the verge of moving Miritich for to Milwaukee. Again, I'm not entirely sure what that deal is, but at $12 million, Maybe it's Tony Snell and a first-round pick because you're taking Snell's contract for Miritich. I'm not sure I'm willing to give up a first-round pick for Miritich for a two-month rental. Now, if I somehow know that Miritich might re-sign, that's interesting. Miritich has been a bit of a enigma in his career. And so maybe there's a value to having him in-house for two months and find out whether or not all the stories about him are true or untrue and figure out how he fits. Uh, I think that's might, there might be a real value to that in that. I kind of have always believed that if you can go get these, you know, that's how I felt about D'Angelo Russell earlier this year. He intrigued me. I was really interested in who he was as a player and thought maybe you go make a trade for him if you're someone, put him on your roster, see what he's like, use part of your investment is hands-on knowledge. If you find out he's a worker, he's a good kid, he's team-oriented, then you go are willing to sign him in restricted free agency. The various parts of Miritich's career with Chicago and, and other just kind of Items out there make it hard to go invest in him in the offseason without some knowledge. Um, so that one's interesting. Mark uh, Paul Gasol supposed to be meted, moved from the Spurs. Raptors, that Lowry Valanciunas conversation at least tells you that they're pretty active and again, ripple effect of what's taking place there. Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green. I actually think Garrett Temple and Jamichael Green could really help the Jazz. Like, okay, that's enough on the Mike Conley conversation. What's our next one? Um, I don't know exactly how you do it, but I like both those players. I think Jamichael Green, I'll be curious to see what happens if he plays somewhere else. I just, a little bit being in Memphis, I'm not entirely sure. Um, what that is. You know what he is. He's just kind of it's been a funky place for him. But he's at about they're at about fifteen million combined contracts. You have to go match. Um, what other deal rumors are out there? I think that's it. I mean, there's a lot of other deals out there. Those are the only ones kind of being mentioned. How about uh, the Indiana fans? LeBron wants to trade you. In L.A. and then the picture by 
that was on the bench last night of LeBron just being completely separated by the rest of his team. Pretty incredible. Today's show is brought to you in part by, by the way, we'll, look, we'll go back and review everything jazz-related here in just a second. We'll, kinda, we'll just go back, look through it all, and say, kind of review the decisions that the front office has to make going to the trade deadline next. Today's show is brought to you in part by Shamrock Auto Group. Rob Thomas? No, Rob Taylor. Rob Taylor and the group out in Pleasant Grove do wonderful work. It's a neat story, really. It's the guys that have committed to better cars, no drama, no hassle, great pricing. Can get you a truck or sedan of any size, and as a locked-on jazz listener, they'll give you a free lifetime seven-day cooler, which is comparable to the Yeti, but it's a Utah company. Just past Point of the Mountain. Most of the cars are 6 to 12 months old, five to 20,000 miles, suburban Yukons, big SUVs, Utah County, assault vehicles. The coolest thing are the stories about the families that come from all across uh, the area and outside of the state to make sure that they get their car with Rob because of the experience is that good. Out-the-door pricing in five minutes, test drive by yourself, buying experience in under an hour, full service, can-do financing in-house, extend warranties, value-driven Carfax on every single car. Rob and Brady and the crew down there built this thing up over the last decade and have really built a company that gives has incredible reviews, tries to make sure it's a different experience. I loved Rob the first time I met him. It isn't a big deal if they don't buy from us. It's a big deal we take care of the needs of the customers. Everyone at Shamrock will work very hard to help every customer get a great car or truck that fits their need or their budget. If you have something specific you're looking for, pick up the phone and call Rob and ask him to see if you can go find it. Or head on down to Shamrock and make sure you tell them you're with Locked On Jazz. They'll give you friends and family pricing. Rob's number is 801-319-2250. That's the level he goes to, his number, 801-319-2250. It's 801-319-2250. See if he can help you out getting your next car. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's just take a step back. Talked about this for weeks. Tomorrow we'll review the Jazz game against the Phoenix Suns and um, and those kind of things. The big picture from the Jazz. So the first question I think the Jazz front office has to make as they address this trade deadline is... How do we have the capability of signing someone 
with cap space? Do we believe... Actually, let me back up. I think the first thing you have to do is, where are we? Where are we as a team right now? Where do we rank in the Western Conference? We're seventh. Our record against other plus 500 teams is not great. Um, the... Our... We have been better since Kyle Korver, but not incredibly better. And so I think it there's an honest evaluation that if we're trying to secure a second-round spot or a Western Conference final spot, if we can do it reasonably, an upgrade is a good idea. I think that's, that's what the sample size of 50-plus games has told us right now. We have some uniqueness to our roster. Uh, only Taj Gibson, as a power forward, shoots fewer threes at a lower percentage than Derek Favors in the NBA. So we're playing a starting lineup. It's our second most common lineup. It's not matching what the rest of the league is doing, and we're not starting, uh, and our starting lineup doesn't play our most minutes. Okay, so that's where we are. Do we believe we can attract talent in the free agent market? And is that talent out there that we want to attract? Well, one of them might have moved this morning. And as much as I love what's being built, and I think we're in a better position ever than we've been before with the ownership of Gale and the Miller family, with Steve Stark's presence, with what Dennis Lindsay's built, with Quinn Snyder, head coach, we're a million times more viable as a free agency, as a free agent team than we've ever been before. However... We are not We are not a primary destination. There aren't many of them. And, it, you know, it's a weird phrase. It only takes one. It only takes one to decide we're okay. It also only takes one, like, one other city for them to go somewhere else. So I'm not sure I'm comfortable if I'm the Jazz to look at the whiteboard and say, yeah, we can attract talent. The next decision I think you have to make is, what is our model? Are we trying to be a two-star, three-star, There's or now four-star model that Philadelphia with no bench, three-star with limited bench, two-star with great depth and talent development? And then part of that is, what can we do about Donovan Mitchell, and how can we take advantage of the fact that we have this budding star with a low contract. It might be nice to add a piece to Rudy and Donovan to help carry them through the load that's already been there before. And that's kind of, I think, where you have to look at. Then, what are your assets, right? And what are you planning to do in the offseason? And I think you have to kind of make some initial decisions on what you think your intentions are, though that's with favors in his contract, even though it's been set up beautifully so that you have flexibility on that. I think you have to decide a little bit on Rubio, though the marketplace might decide that if he's still on your roster. I think you have to decide some of those aspect of things. So the big decisions the Jazz have to make to start, where are we? Do we believe that the off-season free agency is a place where we can acquire talent. If the answer is not sure, then the trade market becomes more important. And what model are we trying to build? And is there a type of player 
that our guys need. Like, so let's contrast names have been mentioned. Otto Porter is another young player with limited experience. You're adding to the mix of Donovan and Rudy, and then you're growing that organically and having them learn how to do that. Or two, Mike Conley's been mentioned. That's a 31-year-old veteran who's been through the ringer, been to the Western Conference Finals, might be able to guide them a little bit. Or Aaron Gordon, who's a developing talent that's through the roof of skills but hasn't really figured out how to play yet, and he learns how to play with these guys. And you're building – it's very complicated. But those are, I think, the decisions. The nice thing is the full support of ownership, the willing to go into luxury tax, the willingness to do whatever the franchise needs to get a winner. All right. Jazz and the Suns, Igor's in town. We'll see how it all plays out as we get ready. Live trade deadline show coming to you Thursday via Locked On Fantasy Basketball on YouTube. Have a good one. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.